Hello, Fringe. Now you get to hear us eat our delicious pizza. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, listen to that. (sighs) Raspberry? Really? We got raspberry? Oh, blackberry. Yeah. I was all excited. (laughs) I actually think I have a raspberry, though. Oh, someone did something like Jasper, but it's not Jasper. Uh, there's like on life hacker. Huh. So it looked interesting. And uh, since this is episode ninety five. I thought about, you know, making the, instead of the normal intro music, just play the Windows 95 startup. Totally. Then we'll probably do the same again for 98. Definitely. Hey, I even have a live system over there. (laughs) Ha! Yes. We should, like, talk about your system when we do it, and, uh, some of the games you played or something. Yeah. Um... Speaking about games that I play on there, Let's see, yeah. So since we're on like sort of a fortnightly schedule, uh, the next episode will be on November tenth, mm-hmm. which will be a very big day for me. Hi. Because two of the three games that I want this year come out on the same day. <coughs> I'm sorry. There, wrong way. All right. Yeah. So two of the three games that I want this year, like uh-huh. like big games that I want this year, come out on the same day, and that's the day. So you're taking off from work and playing games all day? <laughs> no. Uh, one of them being uh, the next StarCraft II campaign. So I'm playing through like StarCraft entirely mm-hmm. from like the very beginning, and I'm using that to do it. Oh, nice. Alright, so... Did you ever have a cat? Uh, yes. Okay. Boy. Faster. Good boy. Man, I wonder what it's like being a cat. Mm. (laughs) Attention. Food. (laughs) Oh no! He barfed his poor tummy! Quick, Alex, do you have a napkin or anything? And now for some game news of games I don't particularly play myself. Today, can you handle the new Fatal Frame? Can your internet limits handle it? This is Checkpoint. Welcome to Checkpoint, or for our valued VIP Checkpoint Plus Plus members, welcome to your second episode of the Checkpoint of Checkpoint for the Day. And remember not to tell anyone about the super-secret, extra-special, members-only news you heard earlier. That's right, the truth about what is really going on in the video games industry is just too frightening for the common man. (laughs) 
The new Fatal Frame game, Maiden of Blackwater, is causing some consternation among Wii U owners because of its file size. The game is a 15 gigabyte download, which is large, certainly, but not unheard of. Heck, Destiny's Taken King was an 18 gig download, that was ostensibly an expansion. The problem is that there is no physical disc release of Maiden of Blackwater, so if you want it, you have to download it. Why is that a problem specifically? Because there are two kinds of Wii U hard drives. One is 32 gigs, meaning Fatal Frame would take up half the drive, and the other is 8 gigs, meaning some Wii U's can't download the game at all. Which will be my excuse for not playing a new Fatal Frame game, and not because I don't want to soil myself in this chair. Apparently Steam Greenlight has hit a red light. According to indie developer Jacob Kazeltaski, the average number of people browsing Greenlight has decreased pretty significantly just this year. See, when you have a game in Greenlight, Steam not only tells you how many people are looking at your game, but also how many people are looking at the top 50 games. In March, the average amount of people looking at the top 50 games was 21,548. Pretty good. In July, it dropped to 15,100. Okay, that's a big drop, but it was also summer. But in October, the average number was 7,805. Eek. Seems like less and less people have the patience to trawl through shoals of broken, buggy, early builds of games that should never, ever, ever be released. But the real victims, of course, aren't indie devs using Greenlight. It's going to be YouTubers like Jim Sterling who play these bad ideas made real through some sort of monkey paw wish gone awry for entertainment purposes. If Greenlight goes down, who will think of the YouTubers? Speedrunner Darbian has set a new world record for the original Super Mario Brothers for Nintendo Entertainment System, clocking in at 4 minutes 57.6 seconds, beating the previous world record of 4 minutes 57.6 seconds. Yes, the tolerances are so slim for Super Mario 1 speedruns that according to speedrun.com, Darbian beat the previous record by 66 milliseconds, with a final time of 4 minutes 57 seconds, 627 milliseconds. Darbian himself seems to think that the time can be improved because in level 8-4 he moved one pixel too far before descending into a warp pipe. Meanwhile, I am getting a little better at wall jumping in Mario Maker. Good news if you've been waiting your whole damn life to master the art of adorable cartoon cockfighting because holy shit, there's a real-life Pokemon gym opening in Osaka in November! Yes! According to reports, the Pokemon Expo gym is a hands-on edutainment facility that offers training tips as well as the com a chance to enjoy a conversation with a Pokemon. Fuck that! Unless the tips are how to crush your enemies and see them driven before you, and, and unless the extent of the conversation is Vulpix! Kill! I'm not interested. A couple weeks ago, Xbox Division Chief Phil Spencer was interviewed on stage at the GeekWire conference about his goals for the Xbox One console, and something stuck out to us. Spencer said he's now realized tying his feeling of success for the Xbox One to how well it stacks up against the PS4 was a mistake. I don't know if we can beat Sony, he said. They have a huge lead and a great product, but we're not motivated by beating Sony. We're motivated by gaining customers. He also added that the PS4's fair. success does not equate to the Xbox One's failure. We think this is a phenomenally healthy attitude. Both the Xbox One and the PS4 and the Wii U, all the current consoles, have great things to offer, and it doesn't have to be a competition. Microsoft obviously doesn't think it is. Nintendo certainly doesn't. Maybe Sony does, but the other two apparently think Sony's winning, so I guess it doesn't really matter. It's probably way more healthy for each console to focus on making its own thing as good as it can be, instead of trying to pull stunts so they can one-up the other guys. 
I would love to think that angry console fans would follow suit, but since we just suggested that the PS4 is winning, the comments will now be about how we are a bunch of Sony fanboys. Well, we do have a PS4 and a PS3 just off camera. Yeah, and an Xbox One and a 360 and a Wii U and a Wii. Oh, and a Dreamcast. Oh, well, yeah, Sega rules for life. <laughs> Coming up, a Twitch streamer by the name of RunnerGuy2489 beat Ocarina of Time literally blindfolded. Even the water temple, like he could not see at all, which is amazing. And next challenge, I suggest Spelunky blindfolded. I know you can do it, RunnerGuy. Gross. Hello, Checkpoint fans! A reminder that Checkpoint, much like everything we do, is now supported by you directly through Patreon. Please Aww. check it out. Let's see what was in my pocket. So you do know what a Dreamcast is, right? No. It was the last console that Sega ever made. Came out in 1999. 99. And it's been pretty much the staple of nostalgic people ever since. Were there any famous games on it? A handful, but like it was only really out for about a year or so. Who would think made it uh, legendary? I guess there was a good uh, Sonic game on it. Ah, okay. Oh, that one looked interesting. Why self-driving cars must be programmed to kill. Is pretty good. Hmm. It says <clears throat> the software for Apollo is hardwired. Yeah. I mean, it was the sixties. <laughs> When did the Intel 4004 come out? 1971. <laughs> I'm talking about a bug in the code when you run some program when it's landing. And it's like, the idea was overruled by NASA. We had been told many times that astronauts would not make mistakes. They were trained to be perfect. <laughs> yeah.
Since I didn't read the, all, all of your articles yet, the Nanosay getting into the 124-bit uh, Diffie-Hellman. Did you read about that? 1024-bit? Yeah. Uh, I think I looked at that, but I didn't think you know, okay. to include it. If, if you want to, go ahead. I was just looking because there's along the lines of stuff we commonly talk about. It's okay if you already looked at it. Well, over it. I mean, if you if you want to talk about it, throw it in there. That means that both of us might have something to say about it. That's true. <laughs> we both read the article. I hadn't read the one about uh, open SSH yet, so I wasn't sure what that issue was about. To you and um... well, have have you noticed how it's not quite in Windows 10 yet? What is? Open SSH. Uh, I haven't played with Windows 10 much enough to see that. But uh, remember how we said that it was supposed, you know, it's coming. I do remember something about that. Yeah. So that's essentially like a status report. I haven't come to think of it. I totally forget like what exactly it was, but I believe it was just like a roadmap. Oh, okay. And I cannot spell Diffie Hillman. <laughs> so I definitely spelled it with a little bit different. There we go. Diffie Hellman, that's the key exchange, right? I uh, yeah. I think there's also there's an algorithm and an encryption that goes along with that. Did it do that in one of the, the college class one time? Okay. Voice on to learn how to write code. <laughs> Just all programmers sharpen ouch the grammar skills. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, the one manager at work. Uh, remember Scott Dabrowski? Uh, the one guy we met. Yep. Yep. Uh, he does. He's a designer. And the one time at work, I remember Suresh was talking. He's like, I, I wish all developers had to uh, had to write designs for a while, so then they could get good like Scott at writing documentation. <laughs> I was like. Yeah, we might get better documentation, but not my cup Okay. <laughs> the other day, or that was last, uh, last time I was down, one of the guys who was sitting in the dev lead kind of for my department, his chair, and dev lead is like an Indian guy, so he's like pitch black. The guy who's sitting there is one of the ones that works. It's just like a, he's white, you know, it's just like a normal person. Oh, normal is not the right word, but the American heritage, German something Anglo. Like Anglo, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, and I walk over and I'm like, BJ, you look awful, pal. He just like doesn't say anything. Then I said something else. I forget what I said. I said something else. Then, then he turns around and he starts talking on the phone. <laughs> it was funny. He was on the call with a client. So we like waited till he was done. He's like, it's on mute now. And then everyone heard us all started laughing. <laughs> and we're like, and that's why developers don't talk to clients. <laughs> well, uh, I actually have. We do. It's better yeah, you can understand the client. Yeah, and it's a good idea just to shut up. <laughs> you know? Hear what they say. My favorite was one time... I I mean, I have had to talk to clients before. I was talking to this one early group call with some people, and I sent out an XML file and to the email. And the one business lady, she's like, did uh, the yours open up in a uh, uh, notepad? 
It's like she never heard a notepad was the impression I got. And then it's like, I was like, okay. Need another towel? I got one. Thank you, though. It's a short one. Guy saying you should learn how to write. That's not super impressive. This one sounds good. The why self-driving cars must be programmed to kill. <laughs> There's a question. Should for self-driving cars, should it minimize the loss of life, even if it means sacrificing the occupants? Or should it protect the occupants at all costs? Should it choose between those extremes at random? <laughs> and say, hmm, heads, tails, oh, you're dead. Alright, who's playing that? Now, fewer people buy self-driving cars because they're programmed to sacrifice their owners, then more people will likely die because ordinary cars are involved in so many accidents. <laughs> You're having real good fun over there, aren't That's, you? That's pretty good. Let's talk about they did a study with the people. And ask them, you know, if they think that they sh self-driving cars should be programmed to kill documents listed like a group of 10 people. It turns out they're in favor of other people owning the cars, but they're not in favor of owning one of those cars themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough. Well, if anything, put that in the uh, fringe notes. You want fringe it or do you want to talk about it? Uh, if you want to talk about it on the show, that's fine. Do we have enough content for the show? Oh, yeah. A good 20 points. It's more of a really short moral argument. It's not really new news. I just fringe it. Um, there's fringe, fringe, fringe. And that's not the fringe. There's a fringe. Hello, fringe. Okay. Wow. I was looking at mine count for cars. It could be it's just that they're that bad programmers and they're not following best practices too. I guess Facebook's been around for a long time, but it does a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like it's very lean and mean. I just get the impression that Facebook does a lot of a lot of work in making good code is the impression I get. Whereas a car I'd see them making it and being, Oh, it's good enough to ship it. <laughs> Or uh, they're being paid by lines of code written. Ha! That could do it. You read that about the one, I forget who it was, worked for Apple, got like negative lines of code one month. I remember, I think it was like one of the Unix guys said that, yeah, one of my most, my most productive day was when I like got rid of like how many thousands of lines of code. <laughs> yep. You know, some argue 
that perfection is what you get when there's nothing left to add. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think perfection is when there's nothing left to lose. Nothing left to lose. Or, or, or rather, you know, at a point where you can't, you know, where if you, you know, like lost a feature, then like it wouldn't be perfect. Like it would not be usable or something. I see. Or useful. Simplicity is always a good thing. That's even the, the number of features used. I've heard, like, statistically, a lot of features that are made in software often aren't even used. Yeah, like, I've heard that levied against uh, Microsoft Office, like, constantly. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, note to myself. I need to look up the Office, uh, not Office, um, PowerPoint license for church that we just bought. And see if we have a license. I think we it came with three keys. So we may have a key for our pastor. I'm supposed to look that up, which I've forgotten about. <laughs> but good thing he just told me that on Sunday, so I can still look like I remembered. Um, thought I dropped a micro olive. Oh, well. I'll probably step on it. Wonder it's what in the world did I step on? Yeah. Soft and flim flam. Wow. It says, it's possible to disable a car's brakes with an infected MP3 file inserted into a car's CD player. That's pretty awesome. What's that? The, this says about uh, disabling a car's brake by putting an s- infected CD into a car's CD player. <laughs> that's, that, it's that tied in. Yeah. That's, that's a little too far. I guess separation of concerns didn't really... Uh occur to anyone writing that. Exactly. <coughs> Place your pop cans anyplace or something like Uh, just go ahead and put them on that table. And you, you can go ahead and put the uh, plate in the dishwasher. Aha. Uh, which I just emptied that out uh, before you got here. It's nice having a dishwasher. That was something in my apartment I never had one was saying. Your dishes just kind of pile up. Like, <laughs> Use them again. And even when I moved in here, like I would just like let them pile up in the sink until like the hazmat crew almost needed to be called. <laughs> if you can have it empty and then like fill it as you use it, that's not a bad deal. Yeah. Which... I tend to stick to a schedule of uh, running it on Sunday nights. Oh, okay. So you just do it once a week? Yeah. Because you which, generate much. Which seems like that's when my parents do it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I started my dishwasher, Mom. Oh, really? We just did eight hours, too. <laughs> we run hours, like, every meal of the day. <laughs> oh, there's that micro-olive. There it is. Ah. I believe that's the fringe title. There's my olive. Oh no, micro olive. No. Wow. You get $10,000 from Tesla to find a security problem. Yep. Which I actually uh, 
sat in a Tesla this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> like a self-driving type of one? I don't really know much about I, the ones I make. I'm pretty sure Teslas are not fully self-driving. That's like only experimental oh, okay. slash only in reverse to park or something. Ah, I see. Those are the ones that you can drive next to the parking spot and push a button and it parallel parks? Maybe. Okay. I know that there's a few cars that you can do that with. <clears throat> That's awesome about the Volkswagen. Or the... You know how they have have that open source dinosaur and different things, open source software and stuff. Do what well, now? The like the open source software for the dinosaur. There's like some dinosaur you can buy. This like they open it up and you can program it to do remote control with dinosaur things and different stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like a little toy dinosaur. Not that specifically, but go on. That type of thing. I wonder how long before someone releases the open source, open hardware car. Oh. It wouldn't be a car manufacturer. Kickstarter. <laughs> I'm telling you, Kickstarter. <laughs> you okay. And get your open okay. source car. Ubuntu wanted like $32 million to like fund an initial round of phones. I'm pretty sure a car will need several billion. It would need quite a bit. It'd be tough to get the, the back, and you'd have to do a lot of background research and, like, basically already have a prototype built and have it ready to go, I think. Or Tesla could do it. Yeah, that too. It seems like that must be, I figure that must be the strands that the printer uses. Yeah. Like fill in place. Because, like, the tops, you can see they're really weak. They're, like, basically mm-hmm. cracked at the very tops. The other thing is I could go away from a round top. I even thought about sinking those halfway through the plate. And then your car could flip. And it could drive on the other side. Or it could fall downstairs <laughs> and keep driving. Because there is no up and there is no down. Mm. It was interesting seeing how it laid down. And even, like, the flats on the round tubes. The flats are actually in Google SketchUp. So huh. I'll have to try and find a way to make the... F- Google SketchUp not make the flats because it printed what Google SketchUp told it to print. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. it was amazing how just looking at it and and when I stuck that chip into the holes, it was just like perfect. It was amazing to see that. So you gonna talk about this? Uh, we can. Uh, Maybe like in the banter. Sure, that'd be a good banter part for the achievements, whichever one. Well, I mean, since this isn't necessarily that complete. Yes, yeah, it's not really an achievement. It's yeah. just a, a prototype. This is definitely it's definitely another printing. But I want to try and get close to as a, a printed thing as I can, or not a printed a a prototype. So I might even like cut open the cylinder things and like take down the motors and then just proceed as is, and maybe make like a screw on PC board on the bottom that has like my wiring or something. Yeah, you know how long this took. I think it probably took half a day because I submitted the order about noontime. Like I paid with my credit card uh-huh. and shortly after I got a, uh email saying that uh, it was being printed. And then sometime in the evening, the guy made a shipping label. So like, you know, as I got four, five or six, I think. And so my guess is it probably took four or five hours. That could be wrong. I don't really know. 
I've heard those printers you can turn the quality up and down on them. Then it goes slower if the quality's up. Yep, that's what it is. That's really awesome that chip is. It works with your smartphone. It just connect you can I uh, if I reset that, if you plug that in and reset it, and you download the app from the website, it'll put your smartphone into like a search mode and it'll find that and you can register it with mm -hmm. your account and then flash it. You can just log on online once you have it. It'll remember your Wi-Fi connection from your smartphone. It grabs that from your smartphone. And then you can go to the website and write code in the browser and then tell it to deploy the code and it sends it and flashes it over the Wi-Fi into the chip. Cool. I have to find like uh, some sort of a chip socket for that too. I don't know. Could you make a ZIF socket 3D printed? ZIF socket? What's that? Zero insertion force. It's essentially a CPU type socket. Oh, I think I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. You know, it has a, like a little arm and then you go blop. I know what you're talking about. I'm not quite sure how they work, though. Because they, they snap in place. Is it like a sideways push on it? Well, it's generally like a arm yeah. lever or something. I, I've seen it. Oh, right, because there's the door that goes over the top, right? Because it has, it has the arm, but it has like a, a steel case that goes over the top of the CPU. And then you clip the arm on the top of the case, right? <sighs> Huh. Apparently Adafruit has a ZIF socket. Hmm. That's awesome. So they're just pushing the, the each band must be into the thing itself. Yeah. So that would be nice because what I was planning to do was just mount like a socket onto the, the model and then... Uh, like 3D print it? No, I was thinking of buying just a socket and then st stuffing the socket through the bottom and then I'll put a PCB board on top of that and then solder the PC board to the socket. So that gives me access to all the pins on the PC bo PCB board. And, but I can also- Isn't that a little redundant? To, what do you mean? PCB board? I think it is redundant. <laughs> <laughs> 0. 0.3 staff members. <laughs> Remember Andy Griffith? He's like, I never seen one of those, Pa. Never see one of what, Opie? I never seen half a boy. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I'm not gonna read the Library of Congress one. Yeah. Um skip to page thirty-nine, I think. Okay. I better get reading here faster because we've spent a lot of time. And I'm not very far along. Thirty-nine. Excuse me. Okay, I don't get why Firefox does not automatically zoom PDFs to 100%. That would be kind of handy. But instead it, like, zooms it to this weird percentage where if you even, you know, like, do the control scroll wheel thing, uh -huh. it'll end up at 110% or, like, 90 or 85 or something. Yeah. And, like, I imagine there's probably some about config thing I can use, but I haven't found it. I have no idea.
Okay. from work because I guess Fort Pitt closes at 9 but I don't think I'm gonna we're gonna get done with the podcast before then because we always take a, a while yeah that's that's pretty much a road map okay so. that's gonna be a quick job and have you ever heard of the no machine open SSH implementation for Windows no okay me neither apparently that's what they're basing it the off no of no machine leverage Windows press issues it's interesting how, like, the structure and strength of that. I'm thinking if I make, like, a lid for it, so if I put a ridge on the outside that runs, so it's like an I-beam, uh-huh. I think that will strengthen it tremendously. Uh, it's kind of interesting how it's, like, diagonal on yeah. the bottom. It was just interesting to see it. I'm, I'm really glad. It, it wasn't too bad to print. It was, like, $16 shipped, which, hmm. to me, I don't think I could probably buy a 3D printer in print and it would take me a long time to make save money at $16 probably I'm thinking I think 3D printers are going for like maybe $800 the cheapest I've seen is the MakerBot printer that has a cheapy version for about $500 I think the MakerBot like doesn't come with all the parts so you have to print some of the parts it, like I don't understand how that works but somehow you set the bar- bot up partially, print the rest, and Maker then bot finish rep- building Maker it. MakerBot Replicator, $2,400. Okay. Maybe uh, there's, there's a Dremel versions. printer for 1000 Wow. And there's a... Right, there's one for 339 yeah. See, I feel like if you were going to get one, you'd be disappointed if you buy a cheap one, though. So you're probably going to want to buy a good one anyways. Mm-hmm. But that's what I figure for the minute. As long as this guy prints them and like it's working out well for me... I probably just or buy a few you things. can make your printer print a bigger 3D printer. <laughs> <laughs> Genius! <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey, it works in comic books. Yeah, I love to build something that's position based, that's controlled by a computer. Like, even if it's just like an X and a Y coordinates that does something stupid, like draw with a pencil and a piece of paper, it'd be really fun to program that. Uh, let's see, there's this uh, comic I read called Schlock Mercenary, Uh and as the name suggests, it is basically about about a mercenary company, but in the far future. Okay. And Schlock is this really weird alien who basically looks like a pile of crap. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, let's see, where was it going? Okay, so, like... Apparently this, I'm not sure, like, how many thousands of years in the future. But, like, they have, like, these, uh, like, fabricators. Like, especially, Uh like, you know, like, there's, like, a few grades of them. Apparently military grade is pretty good. Yeah. And, like, generally what they do is have this military grade fabricator create robots that go and build something bigger. (laughs) It's a good concept, though. Uh, where was I reading about the printers? Oh, I know it was an online an article. It was a video. The guy was printing uh, nylon inside of the plastic. So he'd print plastic, nylon, plastic, nylon, and thread it in. I guess it made the strength incredible. And if you look at this, it's ever so slightly warped. It's kind of hard to see. I forget how it was. Someplace on the bottom, if you kind of look, there's like a little bit of warp to it. 
And sort of. Yeah, not much, but a little bit. I guess the plastic over time will warp more, supposedly. They said with the nylon, that stops the warping. And anyways, they're talking about this technology that it makes it really strong. And they're saying things like that, your space shuttle, if it becomes, you know, space station or something, you can be printing your parts if they they design yeah. it. Which it's, it's a really neat concept, so it might be more expensive, but you can make any part you need instead of having to take one of everything you can take a whole spool of nylon and plastic and be like we just print whatever breaks and it's not a big deal if the same part breaks three times okay so log me in and last pass i something's weird there hmm i evidently need to update no, i wouldn't worry about it i didn't merger that. half chip and then factor sandisk i thought was a big company yeah i did too I mean, not only do they do, uh, uh, you know, flash memory, but they also do, like, uh, MP3 players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to have a sound just MP3 player. Me and my dad. Maybe just my dad had one. For, I may have had one at one point. I can't really remember. Yeah, I believe I have a SanDisk player in my car. It's that little thing hanging yeah, from the... Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, I think we used to have, like, slightly bigger ones. They took, like, AAA batteries... I think my dad actually has one of those. Oh, okay, yeah, from like ten years ago. Yeah, my yeah. dad, my dad likes his. It's, it's, he like it, buys more. See, I think I think time. it was blue and it had mm-hmm. controls and sort of like a cross formation or something or like an X. Mm, I, I'm not sure. So. It had like white, like it was blue, but it had white on it. Too. Yeah, yeah, that might be the same one. Yeah, I actually designed this originally for AAA batteries. I read online. I guess two AA batteries have more power. So yeah. I was like, I have more AA batteries anyways, and I have like nice nickel metal hydride ones. I did do a prototype running that off of two AA batteries, and it did power up. So I was like, okay, we'll try it. <laughs> so that's the other thing. I don't know with four motors. By the time I turn on all four motors at once, it might kill <laughs> kill the circuit. It might like do a massive power drain and then not be able to uh, run Do anymore. anything else? Yeah. The other thing I saw with this is the sides, so you can pick the batteries up, they're actually too high, so you can't actually pick a battery up from in there, so I have to drop down the sides. Mm. The batteries do fit in there pretty nice. Like, it, I left a little tolerance from side to side, but they do, they, they drop right in. Okay, and that's the press release about SanDisk and them. So that looks about good. Hello, Fringe. Hello, Fringe again. So, uh, you want to do this? Yes. Okay, um, well, since, even though this is, like, a little bit messed up, since I did the title read for the last podcast we were on, mind doing this one? Sure. I, I thought you, for a second there, you are going to say, uh, I'm going to hang up and check the, check the recording, <laughs> and then I'll call you back. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, So we uh, just clap? Actually, actually... We we Not. don't need that anymore because we have this technology called a label track. I saw you you tagged some noise earlier when something or another must have happened, like when I forget someone's music or what. Noise. Noise. Okay. So let me actually add a link to the if we're going to talk about the make x make make x y z or something like that. It's actually a service where you can advertise your 3d printer and uh i'll put it back up so you can see it advertise your 3d printer. I'll, I'll link it then you can read it at your leisure later how about that 
You can like advertise your 3D. Oh, printer. so like a crowdsourced 3D printing? Mm, kind of. It's like a, a place to list your 3D printer if you want to offer it to be things to be printed. Right. And then uh, people will print it. You can find local people to print it. Like these people are yeah, around in this it's, area. It's sort, of, it's sort of like, you know, like Airbnb or like Uber, but for 3D printers. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the, I'm yeah. not sure about the Airbnb, but the Uber, it's similar to that. Is the Airbnb how you got your house when you stay in Germany? Yeah. Okay. I almost thought I maybe recognized it. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's a very similar concept. Now, there is, like, another way, the way I had it printed, uh, it wasn't through one of the people on the site. It was just, uh, I emailed the one guy through that runs the site or something, and he quoted it for me and printed it. I was like, okay, that works. Okay. Anyways. 